Cameron DeBazier. And I'm Mark Howard. And this is Talking Points. Here we are on the seventh lesson of our Rest in Christ third quarter lesson study here. This week is titled Rest, Relationships, and Healing. And as I studied through this week, I think all of those are synonyms for forgiveness. The one word that keeps coming up over and over in this week's lesson is forgiveness. And it is an important topic. It's one that mm-hmm. every one of us has to deal with in our lives, either to be forgiven or to forgive others. Yes. And so this is a very practical, helpful lesson this week. It also builds on last week's lesson a little bit. It absolutely does. Last week was all about the story of Joseph. But if you notice, last week's kind of ended when he was like, and things went off well. If they became <laughs> Well, what happened right. after he got reunited with his brothers? And this is where we kind of the other side of the story, if you will. All right. Well, what are so, our talking points this week? Well, I tell you what. We yeah. Let, why don't you have a word of prayer? Then we'll walk through our talking points and we'll dive in. Our gracious Father in heaven. Father, I pray for your Holy Spirit to guide us now as we review this lesson and the story in your word. We pray that the Holy Spirit would give us clarity of understanding in a very practical way. And may the word transform us into your image as we see your reflection in it. For we ask and pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay. Again, the lesson introduction just simply says, this week's lesson continues examining the life of Joseph, particularly how he dealt, finally dealt with his brothers years after they betrayed him. So, we, you know, last week he seemed sold into slavery. Now he's reunited with those you same brothers. You think about forgiveness and, mm-hmm. and people that maybe teachers or Sabbath school students or whoever watching who may have held a grudge at some point in their life. How many of us are holding that grudge because our family sold us into slavery? Yeah. You know, I was like, well, yeah, well, my my brother, you know, whatever, we got something yeah, some that, wrong in comparison. That happened to me, yeah. Well, not only, think about this, though, not only was he sold into slavery, which is the, 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 the lowest degradation and the right. betrayal, right? But then, at the same time, now he's made the most powerful man, basically, in the yes. world. So he could literally have the death sentence at it. Mm-hmm. So... The depth of his betrayal and then the height of his, you know, potential for vengeance. Yes. This is a unique circumstance. So, talking point number one this week, forgiving others is possible because God forgives us. Now, what we're going to basically see, and this comes from Tuesday's lesson, uh, just that week, that day, but essentially all the forgiveness that we have on the horizontal is an outgrowth of the vertical, us and God. And we'll dive into that a little bit more, but that's the root of all forgiveness. Number two, forgiving people is a hard blessing. A hard blessing. It is a hard blessing. Now, it is a blessing, but it's also got some challenges and difficulties to it. And it's not necessarily the easiest thing. Where's this one come from? Well, just, uh, (laughs) I thought we'd take a little bit from Sabbath and Sunday and then Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday. (laughs) So the longest uh, element and the most consistent there are probably thread elements this. in it on Thursday and Friday, and you just probably got tired too. Of Maybe that's what it is. But this is where we're going to see the story of Joseph exemplifying the difficulty right. and also at the same time the blessing of forgiveness. And finally, talking point number three is a view from God's perspective helps us forgive. All right. It's very easy to get caught up in humanity, but from God's perspective, we see bigger things, and that comes from Monday and Thursday. Sounds so fantastic. Interesting mix of days, but let's start with the one on number one, just from Tuesday. Forgiving others is possible because God forgives us. Mm-hmm. Now, Pastor Howard, we've talked about this in previous lessons, but that all sin, while it might have an earthly victim, 
God is the victim of every sin. Yes. And all sin is against God. The, on Tuesday's lesson, paragraph three, it says, no question, one of the keys in learning to forgive is to understand what we have been forgiven in Christ. We have all sinned, not just against other people, but against God as well. There's a couple of passages in the Bible that, again, we've seen previously, but it's good to highlight here. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking of Psalm 51, 1 through 4, and then Genesis 39. I'll go to Genesis. Okay, then I'll go to Psalms. And this one we've seen previously. Uh, we're going to see it applied in Joseph's life here. But in Psalm 51, David is reflecting on his experience with Bathsheba and the great sin that he committed. And he says, have mercy upon me, O God, according to your loving kindness, according to the multitude of your tender mercies. Blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin is always before me. So he's talking about my mm-hmm. sin, my sin, my sin. Then verse 4, against you, comma, you only have I sinned and done this evil in your sight. Now you might think, well, there's some other people he sinned against too, but in his perspective, the number one issue was his sin against God and everything else flowed right. out of that. Look at the same thing you see now in Genesis 39 with Joseph. Well, and not so ironically, this uh, this particular uh, study Bible has a marginal note for Psalm 51.4. <laughs> there's right a relationship there. By it? verse 9, this is Genesis 39.9, where Joseph said, There is no one greater in this house than I. Nor has he, speaking of Potiphar, kept back anything from me but you, Potiphar's wife, because you are his wife. How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? Yeah, so you would think so the sin to... against the, that she was offering right. would be at least against Potiphar and his household. Right, he, he, get, he just got done saying, he, he's given me everything in this house and he's not kept back anything. How can I do this great sin and uh, this great wickedness and sin against him, you would think. Yeah, but it's a sin against God. That's right. So we have to understand that our temporal, what I would call the horizontal sin and forgiveness dynamic is all really an outgrowth of the sin and forgiveness dynamic uh, with God. And so God's willingness, this is our second sub-point here, to forgive us then becomes the model of how we should be willing to forgive each other. And the lesson brought out, and I think rightly so, this great parable by Jesus in Matthew chapter 18 that really speaks to the to this to this idea of in light of the what we've been forgiven that's where we get the source for our forgiveness to other people matthew right. chapter 18 why don't you go ahead and just read verses 21 yeah, to 35 it's, it doesn't take that long all right then then peter came to him and said lord how often shall my brother sin against me and i forgive him up to seven times you know that was <laughs> that's big yeah, yeah. Jesus said to him, I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to seventy times seven. Therefore the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. And when he had begun to settle accounts, one brought to him, one was brought to him who owed him ten thousand talents. But as he was not able to pay, his master commanded that he be sold with his wife and children and all that he had and that payment be made. The servant therefore fell down before him, saying, Master, have patience with me, and I will pay you all. Then the master of that servant was moved with compassion, released him, and forgave him the debt. But that servant went out and found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. And he laid hands on him and took him by the throat, saying, Pay me what you owe. Then his 
fellow servant fell down at his feet and begged him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will pay you all. And he would not. But he went and threw him into prison till he should pay the debt. So when his fellow servants saw that what he had done, they were, told, they were very grieved and came and told their master all that had been done. Then his master, after he had called him, said to him, You wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you begged me. Should you not also have had compassion on your fellow servant, just as I had pity on you? And his master was angry and delivered him to the torturers until he should pay all that was due him. So my heavenly Father also will do to you if each of you from his heart does not forgive his brother his trespasses. Mm. So that forgiveness theme is there, but the, the idea there, just as I had pity on you. Mm-hmm. The idea being that in our relationship with God, as we deal with other people, we have to keep in mind that our ultimate sin is against God. And if he's willing to forgive us, then we have to. We are under obligation spiritually to extend that same mercy to other people. Well, the same. The other thing that's reflected in the parable is that what the first servant was forgiven was a much larger sum yes. than, than what was owed him. And sometimes we think in terms of somebody who should you know, be asking me for forgiveness because they did this terrible thing against me, how that pales in comparison yes. to what I've done to God mm-hmm. with my sin. But we don't, we don't view sin that way anymore. Right. We, view, we view sin as a very almost excusable. Yeah, almost a light thing, a yeah. little thing. When, well, that's when, not a big deal. Well, and what was the thing that actually crushed out the life of Christ? It wasn't the cross of Calvary. It was the weight of sin, that's and right. those were our sins that he took upon us. And so we are guilty of a capital crime and so should we not forgive one another if he's willing right. to forgive us that big? And I should, and I wouldn't be a good Adventist if I didn't bring out the 70 times 7 here. So I, was, I wonder if we would have time that, to go into that. that. Well, I won't go a lot into it, but you know, Peter's thinking he's being super generous. Mm-hmm. Should I forgive 70, 7 times? And when Jesus says 70 times 7, that was the period of time that the yeah. Lord forgave Israel in the prophecy yes. of Daniel 9. And so to the disciples, that should have resonated with as many times as I've forgiven you, and mm. it's been a whole lot. <laughs> Mercy. And so it was starkly bigger number than Peter's seven times. Exactly. And probably a little bit overwhelming, like, really, that much? Yeah. But, well, we don't have time to go into the prophecy of that, but it is a fascinating tie into there. But in quarterly uh, paragraph two, uh, paragraph four on Tuesday's lesson said, Every sin is indeed a sin against our Lord and Maker, and yet, in Jesus, we can claim total forgiveness for all those sins. Not because we deserve it, we don't but only because of God's grace towards us. Once we can grasp that sacred truth, we can begin to let go and forgive others. So the key Mm -hmm. to beginning the forgiveness process is to understand that we've been guilty before God and he has forgiven us. And in light of that forgiveness, now we have the capacity through his grace to forgive others. You know, this is not a popular concept or a popular theme today, but it's very clear here. There's a, it's, it's desirable to be the victim. Mm. When you're the victim, everybody owes you. And it's the scriptural truth is, and I'm not trying to take away from the fact that there are real victims. The world is full of real victims. But what this passage is also telling us and the things we've looked at is every one of us is a perpetrator as well. Yes. Against God. And when you realize that, it can't help but change your perspective a little bit. Mm. and make you a little bit more lenient on a perpetrator being one yourself. That's and right. in the contrast of this parable, mm-hmm. a far greater perpetrator in the sin against God, basically crucifying Christ, yes. 
you know, we could say, well, my sin's a little, the littlest sin. And Ellen says in Steps to Christ that there are sins that are some that God considers greater than others. And, and we walk away from that and say, well, some are well, good. <laughs> but the littlest sin costs the life of the Son of God. Mm. And that should weigh heavily on the heart of a Christian. Yeah, and that should inform our forgiveness perspective as we go forward. That's exactly right. All right, so let's go to the applying this then. So let's say we want to forgive. Well, point number two is that forgiving people is a hard blessing. So even though we have been forgiven of God and we know that there's an opportunity we have or even a necessity to forgive others. A hard blessing. Even if we know it's a blessing in the end or even promises, it can still be a hard process Mm -hmm. to go through, okay? So the first sub point here is that forgiveness is a choice that doesn't negate consequences. Mm -hmm. If you go to Matthew chapter 5, we're already there in Mm -hmm. Matthew, just go back, and this is the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus speaks here um, about how we should treat other people and I'll just read here. It says, you have heard, and it's starting with verse 43, you've heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies. Bless those who curse you and do good to those who hate you. And pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you, that you may be sons of your Father in heaven, for he makes his sun shine on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the just and the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even tax collectors do the same? And if you greet your brothers only, what do you do more than others? Do not even the tax collector do so? Therefore, you shall be perfect just as your Father in heaven is perfect. Now, we're not getting into the perfect stuff there, but notice that he makes the template just as God has treated you, now you treat others. Well, it's fascinating in verse 45, that you may be sons, or in other words, that you may be called or considered sons mm-hmm. of your Father in heaven, like father, like son. We have that saying. Yes. Like, if you want to be considered sons of your heavenly Father, you've got to do like he. And right. does he not... <laughs> Make the rain, you know, think about that. What if God just withheld rain? Like it only rained on faithful Christians. <laughs> it's like it's drought know? everywhere there's a sin. And you get this green yard, <laughs> and, you know, the, your farm, your garden and all this. Mm-hmm. Or the sun only showing you get rain, you know. You little parks of dark, dark all the time. But no, God, the blessings of God's creation are available to those who mm-hmm. curse him. And it's just, you know, the, and yeah, it's just amazing. Well, and that's the point is that if you look at this, he doesn't say when they've stopped being mean to you, then you can start forgetting. No, he said, no, right. they are your enemies in a present tense. There's you're mis- mistreating you, whatever. So the forgiveness is not like a mutually reciprocated deal. You should offer that forgiveness even if they don't reciprocate, just like God does for us, yes. right? And so that's a radical departure from what maybe the world says we should come to an agreement between equals. No. The Christian is supposed to be kind and prayerful and right. forgiving towards even the people who are currently mistreating them. Okay? I forget what page it was on in the lesson, but the lesson highlights the idea that when you don't forgive, it doesn't hurt the other person as much as it hurts you. Mm-hmm. It just you begin to you get this bitterness and resentment, and it's not like it's not doing you any good. Yeah. Forgiving others, as much as it's hard, as you said, it's healing mm-hmm. to forgive others because it, it relieves the, a, 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 a burden from your own heart. Well, the lesson brings out this in the one, two, three, fourth paragraph on Wednesday's lesson. Mm-hmm. Um, it makes this point that says forgiveness, like love, begins with a choice rather than a feeling. Now, that's an important thing. Mm-hmm. We can make the choice to forgive even if our emotions may not agree with this decision. Mm-hmm. God knows that in our own strength, that this choice is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. So 
The idea of forgiveness is not once they say they're sorry, then I can start the process. No, you in your mind have determined in your heart, even if I don't feel loving, sweet, kind, happy thoughts, it's the right thing to do. And by principle, you act on that and you put into practice, I'm going to forgive. And then this segues into Joseph's experience. Think about his experience down. Oh, we mentioned it last week when he was being carted off to Egypt, sold into slavery, betrayed by his brothers, separated from his home. Mm-hmm. How palpable must his temptation to be vengeful? They're like, if I ever get a chance. And he would mm-hmm. he could nurse this this grudge, rightfully so, from a world's perspective, right? He has every he has every uh, uh, freedom to feel betrayed because right. he was, and, and to really nurse that. But instead, what we see as Joseph interacts with his brothers later in life is that he has chosen a different path, mm-hmm. and right. he could have treated them a lot worse and gotten away with it, basically. Um, And on Tuesday, why don't you read that from paragraph two? What does the lesson say about consequences? Forgiveness doesn't mean that there will be no consequences. Forgiveness doesn't mean letting an abuser continue to abusive patterns. Forgiveness means instead that we turn our resentment and our desire to forgive over to God. Okay, so Joseph, as we're going to see in his dealing with his brothers, we see both the hardness of the forgiving process, but also the blessing that comes when he actually does this, okay? Well, yeah, there's a couple things that, just this whole concept of forgiveness, first of all, I think one of our biggest challenges in our own ability to forgive is we we take forgiveness and we define it by human terms. In human terms, mm. forgiveness is I'm mad at you and I'm resentful and I'm going to hold it back or I might choose to let that. And we put that on God and we assume that God is, Forgiveness of God, God's forgiveness is God was resentful and we've got to talk him out of it. That's never mm. been the case with God. Um, f- forgiveness, when we ask God forgiveness, we're asking God to give, in the words of, of uh, one of our pioneers, to give something in place of our sin, to f- give for sin. And he gives his righteousness for our sin as transformative. Mm. And my point is, you know, this, there's not resentment in here. There's not revenge. Ellen White says the spirit of revenge originated with Satan. Mm-hmm. So, if we've got a spirit of revenge that we're working our forgiveness around, that's the wrong spirit altogether. Mm-hmm. When when the Lord spoke of his character in Exodus 34, he said he would by no means clear the guilty. Mm-hmm. In the commandments, he said, visit the iniquity of the fathers. In other words, and not a vengeful, it's right. just there are punishments that yes. are due and what have you. There's consequences, there's justice. God, yeah. I, I just want to pull away from the idea that God was being, is ever vengeful like some angry Greek God. Mm-hmm. And so when Joseph, we see Joseph's interaction, Joseph was reflecting that character of God. I don't yes. think he was ever, he was tempted to be, as I think you're right. pointing out, but he never gave into that. And I think we need to understand that that's not a Christian sentiment. Right. Well, and also as we, what I wanted to highlight here, and as the lesson does a pretty good job of this is... Not that I haven't felt vengeful sometimes, but my point is, I've got to recognize that that is not coming from the Lord and it's not, well, I have a right to be that. No, I don't. Well, but there's a process here that... Well, for instance, yes. in Genesis chapter 42, and, and basically the, the lesson essentially walks through Genesis 42, then 43, then mm-hmm. 44, and ends at 45, okay? Right. But it's basically walking through, because, I mean, for instance, you think about it, the first time Joseph, you know the story you can find in Genesis 42, the first time he sees his brother since his youth and that betrayal is when they come asking for grain, right? right? Looking for grain. 
and he recognizes them and they don't recognize him in return. They don't ever know what ever happened to Joseph. So the idea that he's alive at all is, is hadn't even thought about it in years probably, or at least seriously considered it. And here he is watching them do this. He could have revealed his identity right then and there. And he could have said, brothers, I forgive you. All is well. But he doesn't do that. He takes his time to go through this really uh, a surreptitious kind of intriguing process. He also could have had them executed right then and there, right. which would have shown a spirit of revenge if that's what he had. Right. The fact that he didn't immediately just, okay, now's my chance, says mm -hmm. that he hadn't harbored that. Exactly. But what, what he's doing here, I think you're going to see this process, is finding that godly way to, yes, not be vengeful and just, you know, just getting it yes. was there. But at the same time, not also just blithely thinking, oh, never mind, everything's fine, we're no, good. No, he wanted to see genuine right. repentance. Right, he's looking for that redemptive process that right? God mm -hmm. does with us. So in Genesis 42, it records his first exchange with his brother, again, like I said, since his youth. And so he's not dishonest. Right. But I think if Jesus is on the road to Emmaus, doesn't, right. doesn't show all his cards yet, he's letting the thing play out to, to evaluate, right? Mm -hmm. And Joseph does this with his brothers. He's evaluating their true intents and thoughts of their heart. Are they truly repentant? Does he, do they even keep in mind what they've done? Well, and he's allowing the situation to work. I mean, the, the brothers being put in that circumstance was doing something for them yes. at that moment that he didn't want to interrupt. There was one of those quotes from last week's lesson, I think, where we talked about how the circumstances are God's you know, agents yes. to help us through this. And Genesis how, 43. how God allowed Jacob's sin to work out its own correction. Exactly. And Joseph is essentially doing the same thing. Joseph records, uh, Genesis 43 records Joseph's second test of his brothers. This one is the one they demanded to bring Benjamin back, right? Mm -hmm. And finally, you know, the whole story, he does bring, they do bring Benjamin back and he lavishes on Benjamin, like all these right. gifts and extra food and come sit here and, and... The very Basically, type of behavior that exactly. got his father. He's trying to see, yeah, putting them like in a the circumstance to watch colors. for their response, right? But no feelings mm -hmm. of jealousy, no murmuring, no envy. Yeah. Okay, maybe they are changed. Genesis 44 records Joseph's third and final test of his brother. This is the one with the, uh, the cup put in the sack of grain, right? Right. And, and the punishment here, quote unquote, as Joseph lays it out, is that... Um, Basically, you're going to have to sell your brother into slavery and right. go home and tell dad that he's not coming. It basically brings it full circle. The very thing that they had yes. done, he brings a circumstance out to them. And this time, however, praise the Lord, Judah offers himself in place of Benjamin so that his sons, so that the younger brother's life would be spared and his father's feelings wouldn't have to be crushed again. And mm. in that, Joseph sees these men have truly changed, right? And then Genesis 45 records the beautiful moment where Joseph reveals himself to his brothers. Everyone's true intentions are exposed. And so that not only does he not execute them when he could have legally, nor does he go the other way and say, oh, let's just pretend everything's okay. Right. He does this redemptive process that, you know, genuine restoration and forgiveness, it's okay to take the time to ask the hard questions, to talk about the thing, to look for changes in life. And so it's not like he wouldn't have forgiven them if they hadn't changed those changes. But what he wants is more than just, fine, let's just call everything good. Mm -hmm. He wants everything to actually be good. That's right. So he's going through the process to evaluate, to discern, to test them even, and by God's grace to say, let's be better than we were before. I don't want it to be just the same old, but I just call it good. Let's actually make it good mm -hmm. this time. And, and the Lord So blessed. going back to the forgiveness of God, Forgiveness of God isn't changing God. Right. It's for the purpose of changing us. Right. Giving and God His wants... righteousness in place of our sin. Jesus took our sin, and then God uses that to, to, right. to 
Transformer. And his forgiveness isn't a cheap grace. He's like, no, 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 you're fine, you're fine. He's like, no, no, I want to work this so we actually are fine, right? True forgiveness is healing. Yes, indeed. For both the one being forgiven and the one doing the forgiving. Exactly. And that's where Sabbath Afternoon's lesson talked about that woman who had falsely accused this man and he was in prison, but then DNA evidence came back and, and exonerated him and how bad she felt. And when he said, I forgive you, what a weight that must have been lifted off of both of them, right? And it's good for both parties when true repentance and genuine forgiveness is offered. Yes. Well, finally, let's close with this one. A view from God's perspective helps us forgive. Now, I was surprised that the lesson kind of, I didn't want to say minimize this, but I, I thought it was a bigger point and I wanted to make it a key. If you look at Genesis 45, uh, verse 5, and then Mark, why don't you look up that one and I'll look up Genesis 50. Uh, 15 to 21. But two different places here, we get a sneak peek into Joseph's thinking, his mindset, his perspective, which was a spring for this forgiveness. Genesis 45, I'm going to read verses 4 and 5. And Joseph said to his brothers, please come near me. So they came near. Then he said, I am Joseph, your brother, whom you sold into Egypt. But now, do not therefore be grieved or angry with yourselves because you sold me here, for God sent me before you to preserve life. Mm. So God sent me before you. He's like, this is all part of God's bigger plan, right? right? Then, after his father dies, they're again thinking, "Uh uh-oh, maybe he was just being nice while dad was still alive, (laughs) and maybe (laughs) the real pharaoh power is going to come. Exactly. And so they're afraid again, and so... Verse 15, starting uh, chapter 50, says, When Joseph's brothers saw that their father was dead, they said, Perhaps Joseph will hate us and may actually repay us for all the evil which we did to him. So they sent messengers. I love that. They didn't go to Joseph. They sent messengers. (laughs) You go find out. They sent messengers to Joseph, saying, Before your father died, he commanded, saying, Thus you shall say to Joseph, I beg you, please forgive the trespass of your brothers and their sin, for they did evil to you. Now please forgive the trespass of the servants of the God and you of your father and Joseph wept when they spoke spoke to him the idea being that like i forgave you long ago and you're still having fears that i that it wasn't genuine right so he calls his brothers verse 18 then his brothers also went and said and fell down his face before his face and they said behold we are your servants joseph said to them do not be afraid for am i in the place of god but as for you you meant evil against me but god meant it for good in order to bring it about as it is to this day to save many people alive. Mm. The idea is like, guys, you don't understand. I am. What if we can <laughs> consider every situation yes. in our lives we find ourselves in as God's intention to save many people alive? Yes. And if I could say, I'm going through this, but God, the only reason he would allow it is to save many people alive. How different we would deal with our circumstances. What if we, instead of being so short-sighted and so myopic about the problems and and, and obstacles we see, which are Mm -hmm. real, but pan out to that 30,000 foot view from God's perspective and say, you know what? I think God's got some bigger thing, and I'm going to trust in his Mm -hmm. plan. How different would that change our daily experience? Absolutely. And so in the conclusion on Friday's lesson from Christ's Object Lessons 251, why don't you read that beautiful statement? In God's forgiveness, the heart of the erring one is drawn close to the great heart of infinite love. The tide of divine compassion flows into the sinner's soul and from him to the souls of others. The tenderness and mercy that Christ has revealed in his own precious life will be seen in those who become sharers of his grace. Mm, Isn't that the truth? What a beautiful promise. Mm. 
Friends, we have so much to be thankful for in God, and we want to be extenders of that mercy to other people. So I pray that we each learn to forgive as God has forgiven us. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for Jesus. Thank you for his offer of forgiveness to every one of us. And Lord, help us to not betray that beautiful trust, but extend it to other people as well. Help us also not to be vengeful or trite, but help us to be redemptive in our forgiveness process as we see exemplified in the life of Joseph. Because we want to do more than just be called good. Lord, we actually want to be good. We want to have repaired, restored, healed relationships, and that can only come through the power of Jesus. So Lord, please give us that blessing today, for we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.